Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. And we are obsessed with flipping puberty positive. Puberty is a stage of life best described as a roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts. It happens to literally every human being on earth. And it shouldn't be cringy. It should feel, you know, pretty comfortable. Which is why we started this podcast and a newsletter and why we film slightly ridiculous but informative social media videos. It's why we have a brand that makes clothes that literally feel so comfortable and why we write books too. Our latest is This Is So Awkward, Modern Puberty Explained. We have built a universe of puberty positivity and it all started with this podcast. We are so happy that you're here. Hi, Cara. Hello, Vanessa. Well, the eight weeks of our book tour have come and gone. Bye-bye. I think we look 10 years older. (laughs) Okay. I just want to let listeners know that we meant to press record about 15 minutes ago, but there were so many logistical hurdles, including feeling and looking human, that uh, (laughs) it took us a minute. It took us a beat. It took us a beat. So we did it. Eight weeks, 36 stops, 55 schools, thousands and thousands of people. It's bananas. It's bananas. Bananas. It's like. I can't believe we're speaking without a slide deck right now. (laughs) How how do you feel speaking without a clicker in your hand? It's like your security blanket, the clicker. Okay, so I'm the clicker person. (laughs) Okay, ready? Here's how Vanessa and I divide in the world. (laughs) I am Google Sheets. She is Google Docs. I am Clicker Slide Advancer. She is the master of the mic. 
their mic problems, <laughs> Vanessa's all over it. Mid-talk, Vanessa's all over it. We're very good divide and conquer. There was a point in this last week where you signaled to me because my bra was sticking out of my blouse <laughs> because of my because of my lapel mic. Was I didn't know if you were going to get that like, <laughs> right. And it was one of those like little wink, wink, no judgment, just, <laughs> just way. Like, um, <laughs> we're in front of hundreds of parents. Do you want to put your lingerie back inside your clothing? And you, it turned out you did. I you did. did want to. Yes. I did want to. And I was able <laughs> to do so in a very subtle way. So today we are going to take a pause in our regular programming about all the things that happened during puberty and talk for a few moments, maybe 30 of them, about lessons that you all taught us on the road and pearls that we picked up along the way that we want to pass to you. And some of them are funny pearls about the situations we found ourselves in, but some are actually informational or the way we deliver content. And we being, you know, when we put on our parenting hat, how we deliver content, because so much of the back and forth in the Q&As that we got over the course of the last two months was about what if I say X and the kid in my life does Y? And they were such wonderful framings for things that are very universal. So I mean, I'm going to jump in. Can I jump in, Vanessa? Yep. My favorite moment in our talk is this moment when you teach people how to stop talking when you really need to just listen to your kid, how to stop talking, but also de-escalate their mood swing by breathing. So when you breathe, you co-regulate your kid and you do this thing in the talk where you take a deep breath to show the adults in the audience how to co-regulate a kid. And over the course of the two months, this demonstration evolved. So in the beginning, you would have the whole audience take a breath with you, which was kind of awesome. But then what you would do is you would add a dose of empathy to the breath. Would you like to do that for our listening audience? Oh. And that was awesome until what, <laughs> Vanessa? <laughs> until a dear friend of mine sitting in the audience in the Bay Area looked at me from the front row and was like, it kind of sounds like you think your kid's an asshole. <laughs> and she just said that out loud in the yes. middle of a talk. For everyone here. And then Vanessa, this is why I love you, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa incorporated that comment into the rest of the presentation. So for the next four weeks, every single audience was the beneficiary of that pearl because it was a pearl. It's like, it's not everything is going to work for everyone. So what sounds like empathy in one house may sound like you're a jerk in another house. And then I, I realized with Cara's guidance that maybe I didn't want to be saying the word asshole in front of school audiences in yeah. every community in the country. So just I mean, some schools I, loved it. But. Some schools loved it. It was school to school. So some places I said it and some places I didn't. So that's an example of in the moment feedback. One of the lessons I learned through the Q&A and found really impressive, I guess, is how many people 
were eager and willing to engage on the subject of masturbation. Oh, I would say more than half of the schools that we spoke at had questions about masturbation. And the questions were generally along the lines of, how do I talk to my kid about masturbation in a way that doesn't shame them and tell them they can't do it, but also help set kind of appropriate boundaries and limits in our family? And I was thinking about how much our world has evolved that someone would get up in front of hundreds of people and ask that question. And in fairness, sometimes they didn't ask in front of the whole audience. Sometimes people came up to us privately when we were signing books and would ask the question. Different people had different, but it was incredible how, I mean, I, I think part of it is when we go out and speak, there's nothing boring about it. It's very fun. It's funny because we're very funny. Very, very. You know, yes, it's serious. There's a lot of information, but there's a levity to it which breeds a comfort. And that comfort, I think, is what makes people feel a little bit more like they can ask questions like this and they should feel no shame or they can ask it without sort of having the negative tone layered on top of it, but instead framing it in a positive way. And it's incredible. You know, we have talked about this, I think, briefly on this podcast. We have certainly written a newsletter about it. There is the topic of masturbating with objects, especially with Theraguns. This is something that came up at more than one school. This is something that we did not really know anything about until listeners started writing in with questions. And it turns out that this is a phenomenon that parents are seeing across the country. So those of you who have had questions about this in the past, this came up. Some Not so much in the big group, but certainly people came up to us in private and said on the subject of masturbation, I wanted to understand the impact of masturbating with something like a Theragun. So we started incorporating that into the talk as we went. So do you want to just, since we brought it up, share with people what advice we give to the question about masturbation and specifically the Theragun issue? Yeah. I mean, for those who don't know what a Theragun is, it's a handheld massager. The device itself is like the size of a hairdryer. Think about it as like a standard hairdryer size. And there are attachments that you can put onto the end that are different sizes and shapes. And when you turn the device on, whatever piece you put at the end vibrates or pulses or moves back and forth in a very forceful way and a very rhythmic way. But forceful. Like, you know, if you put a Theragun up to your thigh, which is really, it's designed for big muscle and then there are smaller attachments for small muscle massage. It's it's a local massage tool. It's not designed for the vulva. It's not designed for the testicles and the penis. And so the impact, if you put the Theragun directly on those organs, it's forceful and it can irritate the very inflammable tissues there. It can cause little cuts and tears. It can cause bruising and swelling. But there are kids for whom this feels very good, despite the damage it can do to the tissues. So what we say, we're very clear, Theragun should not be used directly on the genitalia. And it just, it's not what it's designed for. And my guess is if we had 
a representative from Theragun on this podcast right now, they would triple down on that statement. This is not their goal is to be used during masturbation. So that was a biggie that came up and I was really interested to see how common that question was. So for people who weren't at any of our talks, we end the talk discussing porn and why it's so important that we need to talk to kids about porn. And many times the question came from the audience, if I bring up porn, won't that simply encourage my kid to go looking for it? So Card, I don't know if you want to add to the framing of that question or if we want to go into quickly how we responded to that particular question. I think my favorite reaction to our response was at a school in LA where I'm going to say the sentence that we said, and then they stood up and applauded, um, which made me feel really good because when people applaud, it makes you feel really good. Um, But also because they understood this to be true. The sentence is, if you replace the word porn with the phrase sex education, we know for a fact that sex education does not plant the seed for sex, but rather delays the onset of sexual activity because kids are emboldened and empowered with information and they make their choices differently. So now put porn in that sentence and we believe and everyone who works in this field believes you educate around porn, you delay porn seeking, and you certainly increase the likelihood that a kid will come talk to you when they see porn. Yeah, I think that was, um, we got a big round of applause on that one, which of course was always very affirming. The only thing is you don't delay porn exposure because porn finds them. I mean, most of the time when kids are exposed to porn, especially young, it's because of the the way our technological universe works and porn finds them. So I don't want to mince my words here. The goal of conversations around porn is to reduce porn seeking for information and to increase conversations when they see it. Right, because the common sense media report we cite about teens and pornography is that over half of them indicate that they seek out porn to be sex educated. Yes. So A, if we're giving kids sex education, they don't need to seek out porn. And B, if they are exposed to porn, that has been discussed with them by a trusted adult, then there's all sorts of safety measures in place. They understand it's not real. They understand that's not what adults hope that that's the kind of sex they'll someday have. They understand that their bodies are not meant to look like the bodies of of performers in pornography, right? There's all sorts of ways that they can better make sense of what they see when they are exposed, because to your point, we cannot control whether they are or they aren't exposed to porn. And I want to just add a big asterisk to the whole porn conversation, which is when we bring it up in our talk, we talk about the average age of first viewing being 12. That's from that common sense data. 15% of 10-year-olds have seen porn, but that it's never too late to start talking about it. And this is something that we mentioned casually in our talk in the beginning, but I think as we wound our way around the country, we started putting that in more and more emphatically because we started getting emails from people saying, thank you for telling us to go talk to our kids. I just talked to my teenager about porn for the first time and they said, mom, I saw it in fifth grade. And so 
you know, just letting all the adults out there know that if you feel like you've missed the boat, you've missed the boat. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press, pause, or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. 
You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. That's right. And that's true of everything that we talk about. It's never too late. It's never too late. So one of the things that you and I were talking about as we neared the finish line this week was what do we think about while the other one is talking? So we split the talk in half and one of us usually talks for about five minutes and the other one sort of stands or sits nearby and listens and And then we switch and we take turns back and forth over the course of about 45 minutes. Once we heard the talk, you know, 25 or 30 times, well, our minds are allowed to wander because we know what the other one's going to say and all of that. And so we started to talk about what do we think about while the other one is talking? So I don't know if you want to start. Okay, I'll start. I have a list. (laughs) Not written down, it's in my head because we've done this so many times. It's in my head. Okay, so I was telling Vanessa that the first thing I was thinking about the other night, like one of the last nights that we spoke was how good she looked because she looked really (laughs) good that night. It was was a good outfit. This whole outfit is working. She's like, she looks so fit. She seems, she's like, I love how she's holding her posture. So that was funny, but true. Like that was in, you know, you got to tell each other when you're thinking that. Okay. Often I find myself thinking about how we are always in motion when we're standing up there. So we are not standstillers. We rock back and forth. We walk, we pace. So then I tried to do this thing where I tried to plant myself like a tree. <laughs> I would I do this little notice that you started standing still. I tried, I tried really hard, but then the better way to not look like I was, you know, hired security for you was... I would try to stand casually. So I cross one leg in front of the other. And then it became a game of balance. And then I was like, does it look like I have to have pee? To pee. Like, this is what I'm thinking <laughs> while we're standing up. Okay. So that was definitely. And then the last thing I often thought about is if I was not in my hometown of Los Angeles speaking, I was running the list of all the things that weren't happening at home that I had no control over and I didn't know about. Like when you're at home, you have a little control because you're popping in and out of the house. But when you're away, it's like, oh, I wonder, did anyone feed the dog? You know, that kind of (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things I think about while I'm watching you speak is how great your hair is and how I wish (laughs) I had your hair. Okay. Anyone who's watching on YouTube right now can laugh out loud. Okay, go on. I don't mean how great your hair looks right now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, when we speak, I, I sit there, I'm like, God, Cara's got such good hair. I have such hair envy. So that, I would say that's the number one thing. Did you um, really like my gray roots too? Uh, I, I couldn't see your gray roots because I was standing or sitting behind you or to the side of you. So I couldn't see that. The other thing that I was thinking about was 
if I was wearing like a skirt or a dress and I was sort of sitting, waiting for my turn to speak, had I crossed my legs in a way where my dress had accidentally ridden up and like I was showing... malfunction. Yeah, like, but then you like don't want to check because then you're (laughs) like, okay, but like then everyone's going to see you checking to make sure. It's kind of like picking a wedgie. So I would sort of surreptitiously. And then at a certain point, I just stopped wearing anything that could like end up in that situation. I just ended up wearing pants most of the time or just not sitting down at all. So I didn't have to Well, I don't think it helped when you wore a super cute dress and super cute (laughs) shoes, but together they vibed Amish. And I let you know that. (laughs) And that was the end of the dresses. Yes, until so this is the next lesson. I didn't learned. let you know publicly, but I did let you no, know. No, Cara didn't announce it in front of <laughs> hundreds of people that she thought I looked Amish, which is no offense to the Amish. It's just not my typical dress. Sense. It's just not so. yeah, exactly. And also your language does not lend itself no to being so it's it's a little bit like I could dress Amish. You could dress Amish and be perceived yeah. as Amish, and people yeah. would be like, Yes, it makes total sense. But the minute I open my mouth, people are like, Oh no, she can't be Amish. <laughs> The other thing, so we had a really interesting lesson that we learned, not via a question from an audience member, but we realized that we needed a certain kind of preparation before we spoke. Otherwise, our vibe and our energy was going to be kind of lame. Do you want to describe how we learned that? (laughs) So... We were in the Bay Area moving from one city to another. So when we were in the Bay Area, we spoke in every corner of the Bay Area. We were in Marin. We were in the city. We were in Silicon Valley. We were in Oakland, or I should say the East Bay. So we decided because we'd had a lunch that we weren't that hungry before we spoke one night. And instead, we thought it would be a good idea to stop at a Whole Foods, (laughs) which like, Weirdly, it was like the most depressing Whole Foods I've ever been. And the like lighting was like, here, let let me make you feel 35% less happy immediately. So we go to the Whole Foods and we're like, we'll just pick up some snacks and we'll just like find a place to eat. So we pick up some snacks, like, you know, some sliced cheese, some crackers, some hummus, some yogurt. And then we realized there was no place to sit. So we drove to the school where we were speaking that night and wait for it. (laughs) We sat in the parking lot and it was dark and we sat in our dark rental car. I believe you were in the outfit that night. Oh, maybe there's a connection there, Cara. I was in my special (laughs) non-sexy outfit (laughs) eating hummus and crackers and cheese in a dark parking lot. In a rental car. In a rental car. Right. Which just has that specific vibe and smell. And smell. Yeah. And we got out of the car and we were both like, uh, it was like very low energy. Also, right before we went on stage, <laughs> the nicest hosts ever, the nicest, not ever, they're all really nice across the country, but they happen to say in the nicest way possible that the last couple of speakers they had completely sold out the 600-person auditorium. And it was a way of telling us that our community is really engaged. And it was actually meant in the most lovely way. And we had a really good turnout, but it wasn't a sold-out crowd. (laughs) And so it was just the perfect storm. But we 
you know what? We had a great time in that talk. And I think everyone who attended had a great time, but we looked at each other when it was over and we said, never, ever, ever again. So we said, every time we speak in the evening, we need to go somewhere and eat in public, (laughs) not in our rental car. And we need to do something social with someone. And if we feel like it, have a, you know, a glass of wine or something just to sort of feel like we're socializing and it's like a special treat. By the end of the book tour, so the last two nights on the book tour, a glass of wine turned into one night. For Vanessa. For me. (laughs) (laughs) One night, it was a dirty martini and we happened to be having dinner with like eight women that night. And they were like, can you speak after drinking a dirty martini? And Cara was like, oh, yes, she can. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last night where we had... You were particularly funny that night I was particularly well funny. Well, also because there was a portrait of a... (laughs) (laughs) Of a reverend right next to where we were speaking. And every time... Like literally 10 feet from the stage. Not even 10 feet, like four feet. And every time I was like, Boner. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Reverend. And then it was like, wet dreams. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Reverend. Um, yeah. So it was a it was a perfect storm. But we learned the lesson that we cannot just preternaturally have our energy up and be super enthusiastic every single time. We have to lay down some foundational experiences and situations to amp ourselves up in order to speak in the most engaging way that we can. And I will say one other thing that amps up everyone, and this is going to sound like a non sequitur, but it's not. We are big fans of giving credit where credit is due. Mm. We are people who cite all sorts of very smart people. We cite data, but we also cull information and sayings and advice from all these other voices that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably listen to what they put out in the world too. Lisa Demore, Aliza Pressman, these are our colleagues and our friends, but also really smart people who put out really good information into the world. And we are fastidious about making sure that when we quote them, everyone knows who we're quoting, partly because there's cred there. And partly because it's their words and their beliefs. And I find that when we do that, when we go into a room with high energy, whether we've been social at dinner before or we've had a really good strong cup of coffee, which is another huge ingredient in the morning. Or eight strong cups of coffee. um, Vanessa got to try my new coffee machine. It was amazing. We'll do a whole episode on your coffee machine. Yes. Yes, we will. (laughs) When we credit other voices... It raises the energy in the room. People feel in community with those other voices. We feel the trust coming our way. And it's a funny thing to pair with being social, but I think about it because we have a community of friends that we've, you and I are both friend collectors. The people we love, we keep close to us. We are not always in regular communication, but we love reaching out. We love being with them. And we, connected with them in every city across the country that we went to. Likewise, the friend community that we've built among other people who do this for a living is gold to us. 
And we feel so lucky to be in partnership with them and to share with the world what they do and what they say and to make sure people know that it came from them. So I say that because it's a piece of being in community that turned out to be one of the great joys of this whole speaking experience. And I was always taught footnote, footnote, footnote. Mm -hmm. I don't think I really understood the importance. It's not just about credit. It's about community. Well, and when we wrote the book and we knew we had written every single word of the book because we watched each other go back and forth writing every single because word Because I of the slashed book. every word of the book, yeah. Because Cara cut half my words. I'm a vicious um, editor. Which you should yeah. all be grateful for because then it would have been a 150,000 word book <laughs> instead of a 100,000 word book. But we then ran a plagiarism check on ourselves because yeah. we were so paranoid about accidentally taking someone else's work inappropriately. And people thought we were crazy. Like, what are you doing? You you know you wrote the book. And we were like, yes, but if somehow, some way, we take someone else's research, data, citations, whatever it is, and don't credit them, we would never forgive ourselves for doing right. that. And it's all about, I think this is what we learn. Ultimately, the greatest lesson on the road is a lesson about how hungry people are for connection and to see connection modeled and to feel like they're in community with other people and not so alone. And a lot of that comes from when you do this work from being in community with other people. So it's a more profound place to land, but it's it's really been, I think, one of the great gifts of what was otherwise a slog and took us out of our own native communities. I mean, I have so many friends I haven't seen who I'm so excited to see and to be with back at home now that we're home, but but I will treasure that piece of this tour. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the m- most nourishing part, besides, of course, spending every minute of every day with you I mean, for two months. I'm like nutrition for the soul. Yes. Yes. A hundred chicken on. soup. Cara, you're like a big bowl of chicken soup. Except it's vegetarian. Except and it's, <laughs> and it's low sodium. Except it's lentil. <laughs> was all of the people from our lives mm. who showed up all over the country. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Wellesley brings it. Wellesley and Walden were, yes. were pretty Vanessa has college <laughs> and camp friends that it, it was really remarkable. It was remarkable. Like when the tennis teacher from camp came. Elisa, our teacher, she was the head of tennis when I was it a was camper. Amazing. But just like the power, I mean, Tina Bryson wrote this wonderful book, The Power of Showing Up, and we had her on the podcast to talk about it. And we talked about it in relationship to caring for kids and the importance of just showing up when you care for kids and that the strength of that. But as adults, the power of showing up for other people is just as powerful and just as meaningful. And there were people who like moved heaven and earth to be there with us, to be at our talks, to organize, having us come to our city, to call in, you know, all sorts of favors, who spent hard-earned money 
to buy our book, who bought an Audible version and a hardcover version because they wanted to have it, right? There's some really meaningful lessons. And so sometimes when I sat there, I would think about now when I go to hear other people speak, I will appreciate how much it means to have every single person in that audience in a way I never did before. And I will appreciate what it means to buy someone's book after you've heard them speak and thank them for their work and to engage with them. And I know that sounds, I don't know, does it sound childish? Does it sound narcissistic? I don't think so. No, no, because I think this is a very universal experience. We don't ever think about going to these, especially these parent ed type nights, but we don't ever think about going to these events as doing it for the person who's up there. We think about it as, do I need it? Is it, right. do, is it something that I should spend my time on? And I think you're exactly right, Vanessa. I think I will never, ever, ever see a listing for a talk again. And I've done this before, but not like this. I will never look at a listing in my school bulletin or get an invitation and kind of go, oh, do another, do I have to go? I may not go to everyone, but I will recognize what it takes for that person to get there and show up and bring their best. I will show up more. And I show up a lot to these things because I'm interested in it, but I'll show up more. I will absolutely buy the book right there. No question. And the ones for whom I can't show up in their times when you can't show up, I will do what so many of my friends who couldn't physically show up, which is I'll show up emotionally. Even if I don't know them, I will write that person a note after I've read their book and thank them for writing their book or tell them what, you know, like if I'm compelled to do something and it won't happen for everyone, it won't, but like my bar is so much higher now. It's just so much higher. And so, you know, even the people who weren't there in body who were there in spirit. It meant a ton. And we are so appreciative. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, do you get the theme there? go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 